Morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You were sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use a cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Blog Talk Radio. Lucis Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Welcome. Inner sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way, with new eyes. So, stay with us and together, we'll look at the world and ourselves with Inner Sight. Our topic for today... Thoughts on Death and Immortality. And this is part three. Before we explore this topic, I'd like to say a few words about Alice Bailey. Alice Bailey is the founder of Lucis Trust, and the Lucis Trust sponsors this show. Alice Bailey also wrote 24 books of esoteric philosophy. And those 24 books are the main inspiration for the dialogue that you hear on this show. The following thought is also from the works of Alice Bailey. Death, if we could but realize it, is one of our most practiced activities. We have died many times and shall die again and again. Just as soon as we know ourselves to be souls, we shall no longer know death. You know, I I really don't get it. We've approached this question that I'm going to ask Again, uh, so please bear with me. I, I just I just have not absorbed the answer. Uh, given the premise that we've died many times, as set forth in the books of Alice Bo- uh, Bailey, I would think we'd be experts at knowing all about our past lives. And wh- why don't we retain a memory of those past experiences, those past lives? That's a, a good question and a great mystery. Um, many, many people have wondered the same thing. Why don't we remember? If we're such experts, if we've died so many times and been reborn over and over again, why do we not retain the, the gist of that experience? I think, judging by the teaching that's given us in the Ageless Wisdom, we do retain the gist of it, the, the, the value of it but not the actual details of it. And I think there are reasons for that that are interesting to consider. We, I think, left off last time with that wonderful statement from the Bhagavad Gita, the Hindu uh, scripture that's 
so ancient and uh, that assures us Krishna assures us uh, know thou that there never was a time when I nor thou nor any of these princes of earth was not nor shall there ever come a time hereafter when any of us shall cease to be I love those words because they just ring true to my soul it isn't a matter of wishful thinking it just speaks directly to the soul that assurance and that to me gives me an indication that I do know I do remember and I am reassured by that promise that there shall never come a time when any of us shall ever cease to be that is a matter of conviction there are other people who would say well I am just sure that when I die that's the end of it we have to go with what we believe because there is no documentation of this that we can rely upon but I think another reason that we don't remember it is that there is a blessed forgetting because if we were to remember every detail of our past lives and how we met the end of the physical body each time for one thing it would probably be uh, painful and to review all the ups and downs of past incarnations would be demoralizing because most of us haven't been saints and for another it focuses the mind on the here and now which I think is where our attention should be don't you? on the here and now well yes and uh, I mean if we knew all the details of each past life it would be so overwhelming that uh, we just might not want to continue but um, uh, yes the the emphasis should be on on today the lifetime that you're experiencing today and uh, if you know too much about your past lives, then you tend to dwell on those past lives and in the past, and you tend to look, be looking backwards all the time, mm-hmm. and that's not good. Like Lot's wife. Yeah, she turned to crystallized into salt. So mm-hmm. uh, it's the same thing that uh, our lives could become crystallized very quickly if we spend much time looking back. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we, we do retain probably more than we realize uh, some of the uh, experiences that we bring over from the other side from previous lifetimes, some of the uh, problems that have to be uh, worked out in this lifetime uh, are brought over and uh, to be resolved in this time, uh, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And I think some of major major problems or attitudes that still need work. Look at small children. Even when they are very, very young, they have distinctive personalities, distinctive traits and inclinations, aptitudes, Mm -hmm. aversions. It's remarkable how children born to the same mother and father, raised in the same family, the same environment, can be so different from each other. And I don't think that's just a matter of genetics or of biology or whatever. I think... some people might say, well, it's a matter of, of astrological conditions. I don't know about that either. I think it's the uniqueness <clears throat> of the experience that each one of us is drawing upon in the present lifetime. Right, and we all come in with a, a lot of experience behind us, and most of it pretty mundane, but uh, there are karmic liabilities to work out and uh, relationships that... Uh, to work out relationships that we had before, perhaps. That's uh, one of the <coughs> common things that uh, 
we tend to come back into the same family, perhaps, or the same group, the large group relationships that we had with, with the people that have passed over. We, we tend to see them again and work with them again. So uh, we don't recognize them, perhaps, as, <coughs> as um, we worked before, but there is a familiarity there with uh, which draws you together with a with a particular group or whether it's a family group or a working group of some kind or a um, <coughs> uh, a group a quality qualitative group or an ethnic group for that matter there is a wonderful statement that you remind me of in the books of Alice Bailey about our group which means not only our family our relatives and our loved ones but all the people with whom our lot is cast which would include our close co-workers our neighbors our friends and if we have them our so-called enemies these are all relationships that have something to teach us wasn't it the Buddha who said there are no enemies only teachers and Alice Bailey said those who are given to me uh, to love upon the ways of life I love and serve those who are given to me to love that to me means not only the people that most please my personality but those who I encounter in my daily life and with whom my fate is cast even if it's just for a period of a few years in the work I do or whatever those people, if we think of them as being given to us to love, are people with whom we have some kind of connection and may very well have a connection from past lifetimes. And until we can learn to love them, we will have something to work out. So to me, there's something kind of creative in that group aspect. Yes, and it kind of indicates the, the continuity, not mm-hmm. only uh, of life itself, but the continuity from one life to the next and the continuity of your your own experience, but the continuity with the other people that you have worked with in the past. This idea of continuity in the process of dying over and over again is really fascinating to ponder on. And Alice Bailey, in one of her books, outlines the process of um, what we retain, what the soul retains, and what it lets go of at the moment immediately following a particular end of an incarnation. She says particularly if cremation has taken place, uh, that apparently frees the soul from the attachment to the physical etheric body very quickly. And she says immediately after the death of the body, the soul is aware and alert as to his environment as much as he was when he was living in a body on earth. And she said there is immediately an identifying by the soul of a kind of a life review that isolates three particular seeds, which become, as she calls them, seeds for the future. And everything else, she says, is forgotten and let go of. She says the first thing one uh, does upon death and the relinquishment of the body is to become consciously aware of still being oneself, of still having an identity. Then she says it's followed by a moment of direct soul contact. Apparently it's a moment that then 
passes. It's not for the average person something that's retained, but there is this this encounter with one's higher angel, one's higher self, that um, is momentary and revealing. She said, for a brief second, the soul responds, and the nature of the response is such that the individual who is in his emotional body sees the experience of the past lifetime spread out like a map, and he records three particular conditioning factors in the life that then become keys to future incarnations. One is um, the determining of the nature of the physical environment that he will return to when he is reborn. I suppose it has mostly to do with energies and forces more than physical plane material concerns. What do you think? Well, it's it's <clears throat> a little hard to ta- say, but um, yeah, the the physical environment could be uh, the, the family life, I suppose, or the the nation or the ethnic group that he was associated with. Don't you think it might have to do also with one's ray energies and one's right. the centers within one's body, heart, sacral centers, solar plexus? All of that probably comes into play. You know. Then then the second seed is determined by the quality of the etheric body uh, as a vehicle through which uh, all of these ray forces uh, can make contact with the dense physical body. And um, so these are all determining factors that will um, help the soul determine when and where the next life is going to be. So it's already planning ahead, you know, even mm-hmm. after the moment of death. And the third mm. seed is the more emotional aspect of relationship, of love, of ties that have bound us to those who were either strongly loved or strongly hated, I suppose, if we have allowed ourselves to feel such things. She said it's this third seed that brings the person again into relationship with those he's previously loved or with whom he had close contact. And that reassures us that the people we have loved we will return into relationship with in the future, which I think should be a very comforting sense uh, of realization to people. For those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight. Our topic for today, Thoughts on Death and Immortality, Part 3. And we have a special offer from Lucis Publishing Company, and that's the Alice Bailey book, the title of which is Death, the Great Adventure. Now, Death, the Great Adventure is, is a compilation of extracts on the spiritual meaning of death from the books of Alice Bailey. Uh, let me give you a quote from this book, uh, just to give you a, a little idea of, of what, what it entails. And I quote, The present cycle is the end of the age, and the next 200 years will see the abolition of death as we now understand that great transition and the establishing of the fact of the soul's existence. Once again, that's a quote quote from Alice Bailey from the book Death, the Great Adventure. And I must say, that particular book is... uh, 
is a spine-tingling book from the point of view of conscious enlightenment. Uh, you won't be able to put it down. It's really good. Uh, it's available now for $12. You get free shipping and handling if you mention that you heard about the offer on Inner Sight. Just a little notation. So what you need to do if you'd like to take advantage of the offer, offer is to uh, send a check or money order. $12 to Lucis Publishing Company. Lucis is L-U. CIS, Lucis Publishing Company, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. Once again, check our money order, $12. The book that you want is Death, The Great Adventure by Alice Bailey. And you send the uh, $12 check of money order to Lucis Publishing Company, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And by the way, we appreciate your donations. You can imagine how expensive being on a great radio station like this, how expensive it must be. And uh, we've been managing to do it, but it gets a little challenging. And uh, those of you who've been listening know that we've had other shows, but we just have this one right now, and uh, we need your donations to keep this one going. So send uh, donations. They're tax deductible, by the way. Donations for the support of uh, this this uh, radio show, Inner Sight, can be sent to Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And by the way, if you need to get in contact uh, with us for any reason whatsoever, a lot of people call because they want a general, general package of information uh, about the history of uh, Lucis Trust or information about Lucis Trust. Uh, it's not a religion. That's one of the most frequent questions asked. So give us a call uh, for any reason, uh, 1-866-695-8247. That's one 695 8247 The easy way to remember it is 1-866-NY-LUCIS. LUCIS, once again, L-U-C-I-S. That's, think of it this way, 1-866-NEW-YORK-LUCIS. <clears throat> All of our InterSight programs can be heard on our website at www.lucistrust.org. On the home page, you'll find a link to today's program, which will be available for a hearing in a day or two. Last week's program is already available, and many of our past programs can also be heard. Once again, www.lucistrust.org. The theme of each week's program is posted in advance on our website so that you can see in advance what next Sunday's program will be. I was thinking about what uh, you and Dale were, Sarandell was saying about how we carry uh, certain uh, uh, values and perceptions over to a next lifetime, and I couldn't help but remember an experience I had in Russia where I saw, and this was several years ago, I'd gone to Russia and I saw these two babies playing and one had picked up a, a bowl of gruel and just dumped it over her head, and uh, the little boy just uh, got away from her so quickly instead of experiencing in the uh, in the pleasure of it. So I mean, you may make you wonder why the kids behave so differently from each other, but that might be an example of what we're talking about <laughs> too. You know. Well, I don't know. It's um, nobody really understands why we develop so so independently and so early. But um, one explanation is that we are not necessarily um, blank slates when we come into this lifetime. We have a, a past, a history. We're picking up a thread, each of us, no matter how advanced or unadvanced we might be in terms of the spiritual path. 
we're picking up a thread and um, resuming something that was set in motion eons ago. Coming back to this idea of why we don't remember all that, I was thinking that maybe it has to do with the fact that when we are living on earth in a physical body, our focus, our attention, our will is concentrated for many of us on the physical plane and on material matters and that we don't really spend very much time thinking about the inner realms of uh, meaning and significance and the subjective purpose behind being alive on earth. So if we were to cultivate more of that understanding, more of that inner wisdom, then we might gain gradually more of an understanding of um, what our past has been, why we're in the circumstances we are now, why we have particular uh, lessons in relationships that we're probably repeating over and over again until we get them straight. It's a matter of redirecting the focus. Right, and I, th- I was thinking <clears throat> while you were talking about other ways that we could that show up that uh, uh, indicate past experience that we're bringing over. And, and you, you see this in, in the uh, uh, examples of genius or in prodigies, particularly in young musicians that uh, seem to just blossom from the age of two and um, they they seem to pick up their instruments so quick and you know that they're coming in with an awful lot of experience behind them so they're they're, um, ten steps ahead of everybody else already because they have gained such much experience in their particular craft uh, in previous lifetimes and that's why we see so many young prodigies because it it uh, develops <coughs> very early and the same with uh, the young geniuses too uh, these are <coughs> great talents or mathematics or musicians that uh, have brought over this <coughs> past life experience of, in their craft what is it exactly that dies well I suppose what dies is the physical element of us and the the spiritual significance of it in terms of what gain it offers to the life of the soul is what we retain. A musician, like you mentioned, who is so talented that he contributes to beauty in the world, that element, that capacity to make music on that level is retained. But the uh, enjoyment of fame and uh, renown as a musician that that's fleeting and passes because that's concerned with the separated self so we have to ask ourselves what part of us dies what part of us vanishes at the death of this particular incarnation and what aspect of ourselves will be retained if we have put all of our attention into Uh, amassing a fortune, building a huge wardrobe and uh, a great car and a big house, all of that is material and will go. Mm -hmm. If we have put our attention on developing a talent that contributes to world betterment, even in a small way, if we have put our emphasis on building right relationships and uh, cultivating whatever talents we possess, those things I suppose, are retained and uh, expanded in the future. 
So if we're just focused on how unique and special we are as individuals, that's not going to be retained. Because if humanity is one humanity, then everything we've done to stand apart from the one humanity is going to vanish with the death of our particular personality, isn't it? Yes, and the more you are uh, oriented towards that material personality, the more material things you are, are you think you need, and uh, so to identify yourself with, uh, that's going to make it more difficult to uh, to depart when the time comes, because you'll be so oriented and so bound and imprisoned almost by these material forces that it will make death even a little more difficult uh, because there will be more fear of losing because of the orientation towards towards the material. Socrates, who was a very wise man, said when death comes near to man, that which is mortal in him is scattered. That which is immortal and incorruptible withdraws intact. So again, the question is, what aspect of my being is mortal and finite? What aspect of my being is immortal? And nobody can tell us what that is. We have to figure it out for ourselves. I think that's another reason why we don't have the assurance of those who have passed on to the other side, much less a memory of our own passing, to um, help us. We have to discover this, each of us, for ourselves. It's part of the purpose of being human, that we have to work out the values that identify what we are most committed to in life. And if they are values that are immortal, that assures our continuity. Right, and it's mainly the values of the qualities of the soul that are so important because that's who we are essentially and that's why we're in the world in the first place to to come in to uh, spread those values to radiate the the quality of the soul and so the more that we can identify with the soul and the soul qualities and the soul nature and begin to see our lives from that position from the position of the soul then we, we be make ourselves present and more uh, more of a presence of the qualities of God, which is what the soul's purpose of being here in the first place is. That totally transforms our view of death, doesn't it? Because I think too often we think of death as an interruption of what was going along pretty well. Rather, the truth of it is that death is an act of the soul, a choice of the soul made at the right time from the soul's perspective. If we view it in terms of that timing, then it becomes something that we can cooperate with and for those we love who are dying, that we can release them into what is their soul's next step. We we speak of the finality of death and I think that must be one of the greatest myths of all Alice Bailey said death is only an interlude in a life of steadily accumulating experience only an interlude it marks a definite transition from one state of consciousness to another she said really the death of the physical body is the least significant to the soul it's the transfer of consciousness into the real and out of the unreal material element that is most significant. 
just my love for popcorn won't carry over, but there'll be other joys. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, if you'd like to take advantage of that special offer from Lucis Publishing Company, uh, please do so. The title of the book uh, is Death, the Great Adventure. It's a compilation of extracts on the spiritual meaning of death from the books of Alice Bailey. What you need to do if you'd like to take advantage of this order, offer is to send a check or a money order, $12, to Lucis Publishing Company, Lucis, L-U-C-I-S, Lucis Publishing Company, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. You've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called The Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, Let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills. The purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You're sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use my cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that?